And we're back here, Stripe Show Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for taking us another day as we uh, as we come off the Masters in November. Dustin Johnson getting the green jacket. I couldn't be happier. You know, I'm a huge fan of Dustin Johnson. As you know, you follow me here on the podcast and the shows and peak DJ. No one makes it look any easier than Dustin Johnson, and uh, he certainly did that. Blowing the field away, five-shot lead, 20 under. He got it, too. Saw conditions, albeit minus 20 to win, five shots over Cameron Smith. Sunjai M, both at 15, and then he got to go all the way down to 12 under, and that's where Justin Thomas was. And then, of course, Rory McIlroy finds his way back inside the top five, getting it to 11 under. And to help us break us down here, he was on the ground. He's with CBS Sports Golf Channel, PGA Tour Live. He covered Amen Corner all week, and I bet some long days. Let's welcome in Mr. Mark Immelman. Mark, thanks for joining me. Travis, it's good to be with you, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm sure those were some some fun, long days at Amen Corner watching the, the best players come through there. Yeah, they certainly were. I mean... Just, you know, going to major championships is always exhilarating. And then going to the Masters, it's something special, you know, with a golf course and with the tradition of the place. And but meaning a lot to my family, obviously, that that makes it extra special. And to have uh, um, to, to, to go there in this year when it's fall time for a Masters, it was something I would never have comprehended or believed if you had pitched the idea to me a few years ago. But 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 to be there was great, um, as I say covering a stretch of probably the most iconic three holes in the world mm-hmm. is a thrill. And, uh, and, and to, to watch the action, to get to opine and comment on the action, you know, I still pinch myself that, that, that uh, someone trusts my opinion enough that they would ask me for it. Well, let me, let me ask you this, because you're on Amen Corner. I mean, 11, obviously a, a very difficult par four, just a terrific golf goal. But number 12, everybody talks about the wind. You're standing down there. What, what's happening with the wind down there, with the trees up above, that everybody, when they get down to 11 green, particularly on 12T, they just stand there and look around, and they're like they're trying to figure out exactly how this wind's going to hit. I mean, what's happening when you're standing down there at Amen Corner for those of us that's never been there? Well, first off, I have to say that for the first three rounds, with that hole playing under par, I mean, I actually made the uh, comment at one stage. I didn't recognize the thing because ordinarily the the defense of that 12th hole is Ray's Creek naturally. But that's a function of those breezes you talk about. And then just the depth of the green, which, you know, at its widest is probably, I would say, about 19 paces deep. That's on the left-hand side. But on the right-hand side in the middle, it's small. It's like nine paces from front to back. And the thing about it is, you know, 11 is pretty exposed, and then the channel between um, 13 fairway right across the front of 12 toward 11, that's sort of open. And you've got these huge loblolly pines that flank the area behind and off to the left-hand side of 13. So the wind gets in there mm-hmm. and then just bounces around the place. And um, first three days, there were very light breezes. It was mostly down. It was mostly a help. And with the greens being receptive, it was essentially target practice for these guys mm-hmm. because it's like nine nines, wages, and the like. Um, and guys were going off to every hole location. Uh, the uh, the idea of playing the hole is just over the middle bunker every single time and, and, and sort of take Ray's Creek out of play because the way the green sits to you is it's shorter. It's a shorter carry to front left. It's a longer carry to uh, front right. And for a right-hander, 
as you know, um, if you get ahead of one and you're sort of out of one, the short right ball goes shorter, so the cover is longer, and that's why you see so many balls in the water over Sunday when you have that back right hole location. For the lefties, it's a little easier, really, because if you pull one, it goes longer. But uh, long story short, first three days was playing tremendously easy, was playing under par. and Historically, this hole is the fourth most difficult in the golf course at 150-something yards. And then on the weekend, um, on Sunday, the wind freshened. And then as it freshened, it began to move around. It was coming sort of out of the uh, northwest, I would say-ish. And uh, all of a sudden, we were seeing some guys like Tiger Woods and Dustin Johnson and company hit eight irons to 152-yard <laughs> flag, yeah. where typically these guys will move an eight iron, 170-plus. Uh, so it speaks to how the wind was in, then it was down, then it was in, then it was down. And the decision is... Because the, the, the landing area is just so narrow from front to back. You've only got this nine-yard window, essentially, and the back bunker is cooked as well. Um, you've got to pick, be very precise. So you're picking on what the wind's going to do. Then as you get over it, if the wind flips when you've got one airborne, it might stand up against this invisible wall and come up short like we saw. Or you might hit a wind that catches a gust and it goes over the back of the green, and then you're in trouble. So, uh, so, so it's just the fact that the wind gets in there and then moves around, mm -hmm. and it's so unpredictable. And and to me still, it's one of the great holes in all of the world's game. Yeah, it is. It is a great hole, and we've just seen so much happen there, including last year, all those guys hitting it in the water. Tiger doesn't, goes on, wins his fifth green jacket. Not this year, Sunday. He got up there, guessed wrong, got ahead of it, <laughs> went in the water, made uh -huh. a 10, but he made five birdies coming in, which was remarkable you know i just i felt as dj was coming around he just needed to get past that shot you know if, if he hit it in the middle of the green then you just kind of felt okay dustin's gonna cruise home to the finish but i, I gotta ask you before i get the dustin johnson here real quick on the course you know we saw obviously very soft conditions these guys were taking dead aim augusta didn't have its usual defense of you know the speed into the greens what what were you hearing from the players and just some of the examples of how different the course was playing here in the fall. Well, the moisture, but but I have to say, I, I live in Georgia, and typically in late October, early November, the golf courses around here are magnificent because uh, October is a dry month. We normally don't get too much rain, and it's normally breezy like you saw in the final round. And then we had a couple of systems, these uh, tropical storms rumble through here, which is out of the ordinary. And all of a sudden, what I thought would be a challenging firm and fast masters turned into a very soft, uh, very soft and very receptive conditions for these guys. And, and um, I thought the uh, superintendent and his staff did a fantastic job of getting the place ready with a rye overseed mm -hmm. and because conditions for growing that grass was unpredictable. And um, what the players were saying was it wasn't completely grown in the overseed. So there was still some dormant Bermuda underneath. So you were getting some, some lies where perhaps the ball would perk up and somewhere it would sort of sit down some. Mm. So that made control a little hard. Mm. Um, and then the uh, second cut was playing more like a third cut. Ordinarily, that is, I'd sort of say, an inch and a half, just enough um, to sort of cast doubt into your mind to firm greens. And uh, this year, that grass was up. I would say it was over like two inches or so. So you could get situations where, you know, really getting one to go your distance was difficult. Yeah. Um, so that was the main thing. And then, of course, the greens being softer, that mitigated some of the undulations because I was seeing some balls hang on slopes that normally that thing would be moving 25, 30, 40 feet. So, so that was different. But the truth of it is, whether the course was in April or whether the course was in November, it produced the 
guys who were playing well. You look at the lead the leaderboard. Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith's been playing well. Sun JM is perennial. Justin Thomas, we know what he's been up to. And Rory McIlroy. So so I, I think whoever was using the course the course conditions as a bit of an excuse, I think that's a pretty um I don't want to say lame, but 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 there there was no excuse because the course was still the course mm-hmm. and you had to you had to play it on its merit and and even though it was receptive, you couldn't be too aggressive because we saw guys trip themselves up. So you had to be cerebral and you just you still had to hit quality shots around. That. Yeah, and there's Kepka at uh, seven under. He he made a comment that you know the soft conditions are not real conducive for him. You know he's kind of a you know he'll go down and trap it. Some of the pickers, you know, and he kind of relayed. Dustin into that category and, and and why he played well there, but um, you know, and then and there's John Rom T seven as well, Webb Simpson T ten. So to your point, I mean, some great names, you know, up there uh-huh. atop the leaderboard. Let's talk about Dustin because, you know, you and I've worked together over the years for PGA Tour Live. You've covered him, you've watched him play up close. The the maturation of Dustin Johnson, the progression. I mean, this is fourteen years now. Um, that he's had at least one win, 24 in all, second major, first green jacket. Uh, he's been close so many times. And and to see him, I think, kind of stand up to the uh, some things that weren't going his way early, uh, made a couple key putts. I think the improvement in the, in the short game, in particular the bunker play, was very well noted on Sunday. Um, you know, I look at DJ, and to me, when you have a player like this who – can do it all and make the game look so easy. It just comes down to a focus and attention. I mean, it just comes down to is DJ focused? Is he putting the time in with a short game in practice? And then is he focused when he is on property? Is he engaged? And I got to tell you, since the PGA, maybe maybe it didn't mean anything to him. Brooks's comments. I'm gonna tell you something. DJ has been focused since. And he is no question undoubtedly the number one player in the world. Three wins coming in. I think he was like under the radar a bit coming in because he got COVID. He was out two weeks. All of the attention to Bryson and what he was going to do. And I'm sitting there saying, wait a minute. In our gambling show that we do, I'm like, I pick DJ to win. So I'm going to take some credit here. I'm picking DJ to win because he is the best player coming in. And we live in this society. It's like what's happening right now. We tend to forget. I mean, Dustin... Was the best player coming in? He was the best player coming out. You agree? Um, absolutely. Um, in fact, I picked him to win as well. Just on the heels of your observations about the practice and the focus, those are well-founded. Um, he's turned to uh, Dr. Craig Farnsworth, who advised uh, Nick, Fel- uh, Nick Felder way back in the day, and uh, just to improve the putting. And, and he got some advice from Farnsworth to, to look at putts from multiple angles. And so... Dustin does that now, and his brother Austin goes through the Aimpoint Express read, and then they sort of meet in the middle on the reads. So there's been some of that, because I've always felt like the putting was decent. I'm not so sure his green reading was on point, but now you can see a lot more uh, commitment. And I mean, he was fantastic from from short range last week, which is something you have to do around Augusta National. You have to do it any week, uh, in fact, but but especially at Augusta National, because you can hit a good putt and live have yourself five feet coming back. Um, so there's that. But the thing to me that I've seen out of Dustin here over the last little while was he's always been able to out-hit his competition. I'm seeing a guy right now who is able to outwit his competition because there's some grind about him. You know, Dustin, 
he's the thoroughbred and so the game comes easy as you point out so he knows he can out hit you so you may as well just go ahead and if things go his way he's going to win but there's been a few instances now when things have not really gone his way and he's still found a way to contend because of the approach to the game uh, because of the mindset to play he's very he's a very fast player he pulls the trigger in a hurry i yeah. mean there's been times when I've been on course and his brother Austin will be double checking a yardage and he looks up and the ball's <laughs> airborne already because DJ just couldn't give a fag about it. So, 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 so there's that where there's this like, okay, I know I've got all these weapons and now if I just add this acumen to the stuff, that's when I'm really going to sharpen them up. And we've seen that out of him. And that's why to me, the game has just been so consistent. And then to build on that a little bit, um, if if you DJ is sort of dumb like a fox. If if you listen to him in 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 press conferences, if you really listen, the guy never says anything negative. The guy always you know keeps things very very simple. Um, and the main thing is you'll you'll hear folks sort of saying, well, if I do that and if I don't do that and if I do this, Dustin will tell you, I'm feeling confident, I'm playing well, and he says this stuff all the time. So there's a lot of um, sort of self-motivation on the go and he's speaking things into being and 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 it's fascinating if you if you take the tack if you listen to him from that point of a view and you just go okay this is dustin and he's sort of not really going to answer questions he's saying the same thing all of the time and there's a whole lot of self-belief and at the level of the game right now where there's so many folks who could be the number one and it's, they're playing hot potato with this thing all the time he's the one guy that won't admit what the weaknesses yeah. are Granted, granted, the weaknesses are few and far between now because he's amped up the wedge game and he's improved the chipping and the bunker play and all that sort of stuff you've referenced. But but the improvements haven't been drastic; they've just been yeah. enough. Incremental. Yeah. But but yeah, incremental. But but the way he's going about the rounds of golf, the focus to use your term he's applying, um, the patience he's applying. I mean, that round he put together yesterday was that was vintage Jack yeah. Nicholas or Tiger Woods. You're making a lot of good points there. I mean, because that round did not come easy uh, early. That you know, the second hole he probably walked off on Sunday making par. Felt like he, you know, gave a half a shot back, and then you know he makes the big putt on three. Um, for birdie, and then he goes bogey, bogey, four and five. Great shot on six, and then then he kind of settles in, and you know, on the par five, he takes care of business. And you know, I think um, you know, once you get past ten, eleven, and twelve, it was kind of, you know, it, it looked easy from there. But his second round, he didn't have a whole lot going, and he just kind of, you know, kind of kept it together, right? Didn't didn't make any big numbers, and I thought showed a lot of maturity in there. So I think he makes some really valid points. It was a bit like Nicholas and Tiger from a from a mental standpoint, a game plan standpoint, and just kind of stay in the course. Because when he when it is coming together and DJ is on all cylinders, he's going to win. I mean, he's going to win those tournaments unless a Rory, you know, maybe a Brooks, a, a JT. I, I'm not even sure their A game is as good as, as Dustin Johnson. So it's cool to see. Well, you know, it has been incremental, but he did go to the fade years ago. That was a key move. I think his i always tell people you know he uses track man from time to time but he uses it just for the distance mm -hmm. you know he's not looking at everything else he just wants to know how far it's going um i think his short game the stuff that they've done has been needed because he's that you know kind of bowed player that can tend to get the leading edge on the ground and can be a little problematic for players and i think how they've worked around that with the face to still use the bounce he, he he's gotten much better i think mark at 
those little medium range spinner shots, you know? Yeah. Um, well, 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 and, well, well, to that, uh, if I can just add to that real fast, um, yeah. you know, you referenced the fade and, and he doesn't like to see a ball go left, but he had a few draws yesterday that were downright peachy. I mean, there was one, <laughs> there was one there that springs to mind uh, into 11. Um, where you got this crosswind and you have to keep the thing down and, and the ball was in a bit of a, 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 an a unpredictable lie. And, and he, did, he was comfortable enough turning the thing. And so he's got command of everything right now. And then you reference the pitching. Uh, that, that face, as everyone is aware, it's still a little closed. But he has a wonderful understanding of angle of attack. Because if it's closed and you're on the way down, we make contact. You know, you're going to have some problems. But he's able to to use the term you used earlier, uh, able to understand, you know, where in the arc he's striking the thing. And they, they're picked and he catches the wedges a little lower on the face, which helps the spin. And and, and it's, it's it's an awareness and a knowledge of who he is that, that is enviable. And I think it's something that all of the world's top golfers are aiming for because the easy, to me, the intellectually lazy way of approaching things is like, okay, the face is closed. We're going to fix this. Where Dustin's like, mm -hmm. it's going to be closed. We've got to find other ways to do this. And when I found out what the way is, if it goes wrong, don't panic. Just keep doing my thing. Yeah, I almost feel like Victor Hovland needs to go spend some time with Dustin Johnson, mm -hmm. you know, and kind of they, they have a similar lead wrist pattern. And I think Victor runs into some of those issues, you know, that with a leading edge will get a little caught and, and that's not a good place to be. Yeah. So, but yeah, the short game, the putting, as you mentioned, it's all gotten better. You put the the focus and then the mental game plan together. And well, that's what you get. You get a five shot win, second major championship, uh, a guy that, you know, speaking of focus admitted that he's had a hard time since COVID coming back. And that's Rory McIlroy, who was the number one player before everything went to, uh, to lockdown mm -hmm. and, and Rory's come back and he's admitted, he's like, he's had a hard time getting going, you know? And of course, you know, he's, his, his wife was pregnant and there was things happening off the golf course. But, you know, you look at Rory coming into this, uh, he's had his child, um, he's going for the Grand Slam, but, you know, he shoots 75. That first round, Mark, um, for Rory is problematic, you know, at, at Augusta and even in some other major championships. You know, when he comes back around in April, what would you tell Rory kind of coming out of the gate to, to just get the engines going a little bit sooner? Because when he gets them going, we know, look out, round two and three, the man was... There was no one better. I mean, yeah. DJ was right there with them. But what would you tell him round one to get things started a little earlier? Well, just visiting um, round one last week, he was he, he he sort of fell on the wrong side of the draw because he had to come back and finish on uh, Friday morning, and he came back and looked a little lethargic then, and had you know uh, a silly bogey on thirteen and another on fourteen and one on sixteen. So so finishing out the round on Friday morning, I don't think helped. Um, because he was hanging around the place on, on Thursday afternoon. He was one over, I think it was, um, before play was called for the day. So, you know, it wasn't the best of starts, but if it's one over and he's cruising along and, and swinging okay, you know, you can pick off one on 13 and 15 and sort of creep under par. So, so I, I wouldn't sound the alarm bells just yet. But as it pertains to um, to to April next year and now coming back to try and complete this career Grand Slam, he said something that I would like to remind him of if I was ever asked for my counsel. You know, when someone asked him about the green, uh, the Grand Slam, he was like, yes, it's on my mind, but you know, I've become okay with who I am, 
what I've achieved. And then by extension, if I don't achieve this grand slam, I'll be disappointed, but I'm okay with it. And I think sometimes for all of these highly successful players, and even for the folks listening, if you're aware of the fact that you're fallible as a player, and if you were aware of the fact that despite your best intentions and all of the hard work and all the positive thinking and all the sort of stuff, doing covering every base like a Brasson, you know, sometimes things just don't work out. And if you're okay with that, I feel like then you can swing a little freer. And that's what we saw in rounds two, three, and four. He was out there again. The club was letting, getting let go. He was, um, he was basically freewheeling, which when he was young, he did. And now when he's older, wiser, Rory, um, and now things, expectations set in, um, there, there's a little of the swinging with the, uh, with the foot on the brake a little bit. So, so, so I, I think as, it, as, as we get to round one next year in the Masters and then round one's, rounds one in other events, Mm-hmm. You know, just get out there and swing free. You're okay with failure. You you you're still fantastic with the media. You've you've already put together the the uh, Hall of Fame resume. I mean, you've done it all except for complete the career Grand Slam, which not very many people have done, incidentally. Okay, <laughs> um, so 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 you have you will be you won't be on the Mount Rushmore of golf, but you know, right now you're probably the second greatest player out of Europe ever. And that's yeah. with respect to Seve Ballesteros. You know, Nick Felder has more majors. Um, so I would say just go and swing free uh, and, go, and go and be okay with what's happening. Because just like Dustin Johnson, if you just keep playing and, and with these talents like Tiger and Dustin and Rory, you know, the more time they have, the more they're going to just, just reel you in. And so I'm like, from shot number one, let it go. Because over four rounds, when, you, when you're playing that way, there are very few people that can hang with you. Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting-edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels, visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. Yeah. Well, five bogeys and let's see the first 10 holes, and then he only makes he makes two bogeys over the next 54. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it um, Gosh, you know, how good would golf be if, you know, you, you get peak DJ and peak Rory, you know, focus and, and attention and all system goes. To me, they're they're one and one A. And, um, you know, who knows? You know, Dustin's going to come back uh, in, in April. He's clearly has figured out how to play that golf course now. And, um, you know, you get Rory back in there and, and feeling good and, and healthy baby. And, you know, yeah. life is is you know, kind of a little more normal now. And, you know, we'll see what happens there. And, and then of course you've got this, this guy by the name of Bryson DeChambeau who <laughs> hasn't quite figured out how to play Augusta national yet, even with this 
added length. And, you know, it's just, I admire what Bryson's doing. I had Greg Roskop on the, on the pod, um, who's his trainer. And we went through everything that they've been doing. And it's fascinating to see what he's done with his body, what he's done to the golf ball, what he did to wing foot. Um, it's, it's impressive stuff. There's, there's no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think Bryson can't get out of his own way. You know, I think coming in, making the statement of, Augusta's a par 67 yeah. <laughs> was probably a little overstated. And the reality is he probably ate his words. I mean, he comes in, Augusta's a par 67, and he leaves with a 64-year-old man beating him by one, hitting it 80 yards behind him. And now, albeit it's Bernhard Longer, who doesn't age at all as far as playing golf. I mean, that was just incredible to watch what he did, giving up the distance that he did. What do you – what do you, how do you, how do you look at Bryson and just kind of what went down at, at the masters there uh, and, uh, and what he had to say and how it all finished up for him? Well, I've got immense respect for Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, the sacrifice that he has put into this is something that I don't think anybody currently in the world would do. I mean, this has been 100% sacrifice. He is all in and that takes a lot. You know, it would mm -hmm. be easy to go to dinner with your buds on a Friday night, but Bryson's in the gym or Bryson's hitting balls. So, so the level of focus is is almost like um, martial arts kind of thing. And so, from that point of view, I'm highly I'm highly respectful of his dedication and his sacrifice and what he's achieved. I mean, to win a major championship now is a, not very many folks that have done that in their career. Um, but to Augusta National. Unlike winged foot, where you can sort of bludgeon the golf course to death, uh, Augusta National doesn't really, well, let me put it this way. You can't necessarily hit the shot that you want to hit. You want to, you have to hit the correct shot. That's the one thing about Augusta National in relation to other golf courses. They're just situations where you might want to do X, but the shot's requiring you to do Y, and you have to be disciplined enough to do that. And there are many situations around that golf course um, that, that is indeed the case. Like, look at 12 for argument's sakes. Um, Tiger, through the years, I don't know what his numbers are around there, but he sort of plays the hole around even par, and he hits it over the middle of the bunker every single time, no matter where the hole location is, except for the front left one where it's sort of target practice because the target is bigger. So that's the shot that has to be hit. He wants to hit it to the back right hole location to force the issue, but three on 12 is going to be fine. And then, for example, taking it over the trees on 13. You can do that if you want, but there is the risk involved is greater than what I think the perceived reward is. Like Bryson hitting a wedge to 13, I don't think that that's much separation to him going with three metal off the tee and hitting a seven iron into that green. Because there's so much undulation over there. I mean, if you had to look through numbers over the expanse of one's career, um, I, I don't think going in there with much shorter a club, if you're able to get there with some sort of medium iron, is going to stand you in good stead. And so, again, I began to see that with Bryson um, through the last few rounds because the first round or two, he just looked like he was trying to do that. I'm going to just blast the cover off the thing and then go and wedge it on the green. And the last few rounds, now maybe, I don't know for certain, it was because he was struggling with dizziness, so he was swinging a little smoother, but the speeds were a little down, and he was putting the ball in play, and he was hitting the correct shot. And as soon as he did that, then he eagles 13, as opposed to trying to go over the trees the first time, hits it into the trees, and stuff gets disastrous. So, so, so that's my take on Bryson at Augusta National. 
And the thing about him, he is smart enough, and as I pointed out when I made this argument, disciplined enough to do the right thing. So mm-hmm. I would expect down the track, he will, or next time, he will come around here with maybe a modified game plan. And uh, for his sake, I'm sure he will stick to it because just like everyone else, he wants to win. Because again, Augusta National, it's not what you want to do. It's what you have to do. And that, that is one of the, uh, to me, the, one of the watchwords of the golf course. Yeah, I mean, the par fives, he, he, he made out okay. He was 11 under um, for the week on the par fives. He birdied two every single day, which sets up for his draw. Um, but he struggled with these par fours that, um, you know, probably speaks to your point in hitting the shots into him where you're not going to overpower him as much. Three is a short hole. He played that hole three over. Now he made a seven mm-hmm. on round two, but he never birdied that hole one time, which is interesting. All the talk coming in, you know, he he flew the green with a three wood. That's just, it's fascinating to me that he never even made a birdie on that hole. And then, you know, you go to the seventh hole, or excuse me, the fifth hole, which is just a tough hole. He played that three over. He played seven three over. Yeah. Um, you know, he birdied eight, three of the four holes. No surprise there. Um, and then he parred the 11th each day, which is always a good score. Yeah, but, a, a but, good but score. In, in round one, he hit one wide left. Actually, yeah, he actually did. hit a pro- provisional mm-hmm. and was made a fortunate four there. It, it could have been even more disastrous early. Yeah. And then, you know, you get to 17, he's two over, and he's one over on 18. So the par four is really chewed him up pretty good. Um, yeah. And um, and hitting those shots, as you were talking about, um, coming into these uh, into these greens. Let me ask you this, final question on Bryson. Yeah. You're out there. Um, you hear the chatter and this and that. I mean, how much of an impact on the ground with the player's chatter has he made with his increased distance. What we see, Mark, is we see um, Rory McIlroy posting a video on Instagram, right, at 190. We see DJ doing that. We see Finau doing that. We see Brooks posting videos of him working out, like making the statement that I'm getting longer. I can do that too, right? Mm -hmm. How much chatter and impact on the grounds have you heard and do you feel Bryson has made with this added distance with the driver? He's turned their heads. Of that there's no doubt. I mean, you go on a driving range, and they'll walk past him and stop for a little while, and 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 watch him hit drivers and look at the numbers on the launch monitor. And and there's, I wouldn't say a fascination. There's just intrigue right now with all of them, and they're like, okay, well, this guy is taking on the game from a different point of view. And I think everyone's watching from sort of the six foot view to use a, a COVID-19 reference and say, <laughs> okay, I'm going to pay attention for a little while and, and let's see how this thing pans out. But we all know that power off the tee um, is a separator. And we all know that if you have power and you can put the ball in play, uh, you stack the, the probability in your favor too, because you're hitting shorter clubs to targets. Um, but but the, th- the thing about Bryson and the other players is they will, they won't go and do what he's done. The, the metamorphosis, if you will. Uh, I, I think golf at this level is just to continually sharpen your spear. Uh, there's very few folks throughout the, throughout the ages who've completely reshaped the spear. I think of Tiger a few times. I think of Felder once. Um, and beyond that, folks have sort of played with who they are. And, and Bryson's thing has been incredible. Um, just one, one more thing to Bryson and, and the players. We love certain folks in the media center when they're candid. 
when they don't give you the sound bite to every question that's asked. Like Rory is fascinating. And that Phil is, <laughs> is incredible in the media center. And Bryson is too. But the thing about Bryson is because there's so much intrigue and because he's he sort of turned the page for everyone and it's something new and flashy, he's getting the same questions all of the time. So what club did you get to here? And, and, and what is your outlook? And what is this? And the continual tack that the folks asking the questions are taking, I think are setting him up to set himself up for failure. Failure, Like mm. we heard this last week. Yeah, it's past 67 for me. I want to say to him, Bryson, you might think that, <laughs> but don't go and say that. <laughs> because because in the end, you just got to let your clubs do the talking. So so, so for there, there's fascination everywhere. Everyone wants to know what Bryson's up to. Yeah, and and, and the players do, and, and the media certainly does. And and the more they ask him about it, the more it sort of tempts him to 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 talk about what's going on. I would say to him, "Hey, bud, just go work out, go hit the ball hard, let people watch, let your clubs do the talking." And and the way you're going right now, you you you're gonna contend for more tournaments and yeah. more majors. Yeah, for sure. And he, you know, it's almost like get out of your own way, which I think I still think yeah. he's he's learning how to do. Um, you know, even with that statement of. You know, Augustus National is a par 67. I was like, oh boy, I probably <laughs> yeah, would have said that. And um, but you know, he'll he'll learn. Like you know, he's a smart guy. I think he'll learn. And and um, you know, obviously, he's going to be a major factor. You know, last thing on Bryson, I it's you know, he didn't put the 48 inch driver in play, but I do think he's playing into this now too. Like the attention, I think he likes it, and and now it's going to be the next thing, and it's going to be the next thing. And that you know, I didn't think he would put it into play, but I I'll say this, Mark. One of the reasons I stayed away from Bryson this week was not only his previous record there, but also, I mean, he took a he took a month off, and I think that's going a little overstated. And you know, look, Tiger takes a month off, comes back, he needs reps. You know, he's yeah. rusty. I mean, Bryson took a month off. That's unusual for him. He likes to play a lot. He come back. Look, I look at his round. He looked a little rusty to me, right? He looked like he need reps um, to come into there with the Masters and working out some of those things that in his words, he was off. Now, if, you know, he, he wasn't feeling great, albeit, but I just, there was a big question mark for me in the amount of time that he took off going into Augusta. Yeah. Um, certain folks like to play coming in here. Certain folks will come in before the time and, and play a practice round or two. I, I'm, to be honest, I'm not sure if he did, but I'm with you. Um, even Secretariat needed a race or two before going to the Kentucky Derby. Um, there, there's something about being lightly run and being run just the correct amount. And and Bryson, I'm sure, will modify this too because I guarantee you right now, he's he's un- turning over every stone to figure out, okay, what have I got to do next time around this place? Mm-hmm. So, so but, but, but next year, it was said by a couple of guys, you know, 2020 has been crazy and the schedule has been nuts. And so there were so many big events on the go that guys had to find some time to get themselves rested. Yeah. And next year, with the schedule kind of back to normal, and I use that term loosely, you know, you're going to get your usual run into Augusta National. So next year, I think that'll take care of itself. This year, it's just it's just been a crazy year. Yeah, it has been a crazy year, and um, there's only a couple more events. Uh, RSM Classic, uh, not far from you and I, actually, uh, up mm-hmm. here in uh, Sea Island, Georgia, and then they go to Mayakoba Golf Classic, and then final event down in Southern Florida. It's called the QBE Shootout, kind of a fun little hit and giggle. So we've got a few events left here, and then uh, then some time off, some needed time off to enjoy the holidays, but then it fires back up in January, 
And uh, I want to wrap up the podcast, uh, Mark, as you kind of look ahead now into the next calendar year. Uh, so much good golf, of course, on the calendar, starting in Hawaii, and then we go to the West Coast. And, and before you know it, we'll be back here for the Players' Championship and then back up to Augusta again in April. What are what are you looking at here? What are you excited and you find yourself maybe thinking about what could happen next year? What, what, what's got your interest for next season? Well, just as I look through the world rankings right now, Travis, uh, Travis and, and I'll read the names out to you. Um, going through from number one, DJ, John Rahm, two, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, Colin Marikawa, Webb Simpson, Bryson, seven, um, Xander is eight, Patrick Cantlay, Terrell Hatton, Patrick Reed, Brooks Kepka. Daniel Berger, Matthew Wolf, Adam Scott, Tommy Fleetwood, Hideki Matsuyama, Sung J.M., Tony Finau, and Louis Westhausen. That's the top 20 golfers in the world right now. I think we are set up between those 20 guys for a barnstorming 2021. <laughs> I, I, I really do. I mean, all of those guys are playing well right now, and that's a separator because, you know, it's one thing to have the name like a Tiger Woods and not be playing well. I don't care who you are. You have to bring some form into events. You've got all 20 of those guys playing pretty well, and you're going to a number of golf courses early in the early portion of the season where you know, we might see Rory go to Hawaii like he's done, and, and DJ loves to play in Maui, so you'll see these guys early, and John Rahm will play the American Express because he always plays well over there, so we're going to see these studs out there early. And, it's, it, it, and, and the more that begins to happen, like you talked about the players watching Bryson, they're watching around themselves all of the time. Mm -hmm. And and all of these big major championships and the FedEx Cup and the Players' Championship and these sorts of things, these are now important. And then all of the contracts these guys have are about finishes and there's, there's incentives and all the like. So I'm expecting you'll see these guys play frequently. It's not like they'll just show up in the Florida swing and then start playing golf. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm excited about that. Um, I'm excited about this super season that people have been calling it, you know, with all this fall golf now and then what's going to happen into next year. So, so I think as far as golf goes on the PGA Tour and in the pro game, it's as healthy as it's ever been. And, and, and you've got a bunch of guys who can win, which makes it fascinating. Yeah, those are, those are great points. I think we've been spoiled um, since coming back from COVID. We've seen some great fields. I mean, goodness gracious, there have been some mm -hmm. terrific fields. You were going through the world rankings, and I pulled it up and was looking at it. Um, you know, just a couple names that jump out. You know, this Abraham answer, you know, he, I think he yeah. was trying to find his way a little bit this year. Um, I, I thought we'd see a little more from him, but he popped there at the Masters, played well. Um, you know, Sunjai, people that follow me know that I love Sunjai M, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and he was playing such incredible golf, Mark, before COVID. And, you know, we talk about Victor Hovland and all these guys, these Morikawas and Wolves. And I'm like, wait a minute, like Sunjai might be the best player of all of them. Um, yeah, good. that's a good call. And, you know, then COVID hit and he just, you know, him and Rory, I'm telling you, they just could not find it. Like, it was so bad, Sunjai took a week off. Um, you know, so here he is, he comes and, and my golly, there he is in the masters. And I couldn't have had a bigger smile on my face to see Dustin Johnson, who I love. I just think Dustin is so cool and so great for the game. I love his attitude. I love it. I just love watching Dustin Johnson play golf. Um, but there's Sunjai. I'm like, all right, Sunjai yeah. made it back, has a chance to win the masters. And, uh, and there he is. So there's just so many storylines that we could continue to talk about these young players, 
fascination of Bryson. But I just come up to this number one world ranking, Dustin Johnson. I think he's going to keep it going next year. I think we're going to see a little more peak, Rory, a little more focus, Rory. JT will continue to move the needle. And then, um, you know, we haven't even talked about John Rahm. Oh, yeah, he's the number two ranked player in the world. Didn't have his best stuff at Augusta, but a major championship is coming his way soon. He's just too damn good of a player with all 14 clubs. Um, so, gosh, we're in a great spot, Mark, and um, we got to do it again this next season. But uh, in the meantime, buddy, you need to go back to Georgia and take some time off and not think <laughs> about golf. You promise me you'll do that? But yeah, I've got lessons that start again tomorrow. I'm, I'm right back. <laughs> I'm in, back in the saddle. <laughs> golf is golf is a part of my DNA. Yes, it is. It's, yeah, I mean, I'll have Thanksgiving off and Christmas, but otherwise, you know, golf. Thankfully, where I am, it might be more chilly than down in Jacksonville where you are. But uh, but but golf is 24/7 around this place. Yeah, well, you're doing a great job, man. I you always have. We've worked together in the past. CBS Sports Golf Channel, PJ Tour Live. Tell us, uh, tell the viewers about your pod too. A great pod that you have. Yeah, on the mark. It's grown a life of its own. You know, it's been going for now, I think, four seasons, and uh, we've been downloaded in a, over 125 countries. And 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 I, it's just a place for people to go and and hear bright minds talk about golf and talk about technique and and share their insights. And 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 it was born out of a desire for me to give a voice to to uh, to these people. And and born out of a desire to expose people who might not get to see a Travis Fulton or a Butch Harmon or, a, or, or whoever for a lesson where they can download this pod for free, um, have a listen and get questions answered. And, and, and me as the interviewer on the podcast, I, I, when I interview, I interview like a fan. I, I try not to opine very much on stuff, but because I'm an instructor deep down, I, under, I get it. So I can ask pointed questions and I can sort of you know, challenge folks if I need to, and 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 prod them along a certain avenue if 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 it's merited. So, it's a cool place to go there and listen to uh, to whoever and and improve your game. Yeah, yeah, well said. It uh, on the mark radio. Check it out. We we'll look forward to uh, watching on the tube as well uh, next season. I appreciate your time, Mark. Have a a great holiday season. Thanks, brother. You too. Take care. Of, take care of yourself. Okay, bye.